As Pastor Raya pointed out last week, I invite you to grab the Red Pew Bible in front of you and find the middle of the book. Just feel what that's like when you open up to the middle and you should pretty much find the book of Psalms. If you need to flip a few one way or the other, that's okay. But then you just know what it feels like to open up to the Psalms. Psalm 150. Psalm 150. Here's a hint. It's the very last one. <laughs> Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Marco. That was a little slow. Let's try that again. It is early. Not for some. <laughs> Marco. <laughs> Good job. See, now you're with me. I like it. There is a sound and there is a response. There is a sound and there is a response. In fact, Sir Isaac Newton, many years ago, he also observed things that happened in the world things that happened and the responses to them, and that became some of the basis for how we understand science at work, how we understand how our world works around us. And he came up with three basic laws that we still talk about today. The first law, right? An object at rest will stay at rest. That's right. Law number two, force. Force to lift something, to move something, is mass times the acceleration. So you need some push and you need some lift to be able to get it going. And law number three, for every action, there is an equal and opposite. Okay. See, you guys are good with the science stuff. Every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's always happening in opposite pairs. There's always a force at work going on and happening. And Brandon, can you show us an example of Newton's third law at work. Have you seen this before? This is about the craziest thing I think I've seen yet. So here is uh, different forces at work. And it <laughs> Who comes up with this stuff? This is called the flyboard. So there's a force underneath the person, literally lifting them out of the water. I keep waiting for them to do, like, the head dive, like. Okay, that's enough. I don't know who comes up with this stuff. But there's equal forces at work there, right? How strange. How strange to see that. Well, speaking of a force, 
The Bible is also a force in our lives, and it's really a library, a collection of sacred writings that reveal God and reveal more about who we are. And the Psalms is like a library within a library. It's a collection of ancient music that the people Israel used to worship God. And we're not talking about Israel the country, we're talking about Israel as the people who worshipped the one who is called I Am. I Am. The Psalms, as has been said, is a collection of actually five books, so it's a library within a library. And many of us would just look at it and say, well, that's a hymnal. (laughs) It's a collection of songs that people have used for many, many years, thousands of years. Even Martin Luther was kind of obsessed with this little library. He said it promises Christ's death and resurrection so clearly that it might be called a little Bible. I have a notion that the Holy Spirit wanted to take the trouble himself to compile a short Bible for all of us. And so they wrote the Psalms and put it together. Today, though, we're looking at the very last Psalm, Psalm 150. And as we've been thinking about Newton's law, that there's always forces at work on us, no matter what, that there's always forces happening on us, the first thing I want you to know about Psalm 150 is this. Faith in Christ Jesus is not neutral either. It's not neutral. Jesus calls us to follow him with our whole lives, and that call on our lives is never neutral. It's dangerous. Just like it's dangerous to step out onto a dock, or it's dangerous to get into a boat and get out onto the water. Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German pastor during the Holocaust, The Holocaust was that mass killing of Jews and various other people deemed not German enough. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote this. He said, when Christ calls any of us, he calls us to come and... Well, there's an upper for you. (laughs) Following Jesus is not neutral. Life and death, it's not neutral, right? But he's simply underlining with a red pen that following Jesus is not just about being a friendly, church-going neighbor that everybody walks over because you're nice. No, it's actually living into Jesus' command to come and follow him and to use your life, use your gifts to follow him. The Psalms are simply the soundtrack. By now you've probably realized the Psalms aren't just all happy, clappy praise songs. No, the psalms are the rough and tumble songs of working men and women. They're the songs of the heartbroken. They're the songs of the lonely. They're the songs of someone who is crying out in need of God's presence in the midst of their life. Whether that's the lonely teenager or the lonely adult, it doesn't matter. But they demand a response. But Psalm 150 is a song of praise. It is a song of praise. It's like the bow on the present of the book of Psalms. It's the last one. And praise is, praise is, as Pastor Vesterman has said, praise is our response to what? An act of God. That is what praise is. It's our response to God's work in our life. Marco, see? I'm going to keep coming to you. God's love for us is not neutral. God does what we would never do. God sends his only son into the world for the sake of us to demonstrate this is how you could live your life on purpose and with intention. And so following Jesus 
Yes, following Jesus means laying down your life and your money and your power and your time for the sake of the vulnerable and the addicted and the broken like you and me, like our neighbors. God's love is not neutral. In fact, 1 John 4 maybe even says it best. God's love was revealed among us in this way, that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. In fact, he loved us so much that he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. Love is a response. Marco, there you go. That's right. This is God's defining act, sending Jesus into the world for us. And so what is our response? It's praise. I love how the psalm begins with this kind of cosmic world-altering vision. God's praise is not limited or confined to a church. God's praise is not limited or confined to a country or a continent or a planet even. It goes beyond. It goes beyond. Just like Newton's laws say, if God's praise and actions are not neutral, why limit our imagination? In Newton's third law, he says there's always two forces working on each other at the same time. You know what? He may have been a Lutheran. <laughs> because what we say when it comes to looking at Scripture, how do we see Scripture? Well, it's always two words. That God has two words for us, but they're always said at the same time. The first one is the law. That reminds us of how much we need God's mercy and love and forgiveness and second chances. The law shows us where we come up short. And sometimes, frankly, ignore Jesus, ignore what he has to say, or just kind of pick and choose. But as we learned last week, there's grace for that. There's grace for that. Which is the second word, the second force acting on us is gospel. That's our word for good news. That's all gospel means, good news. Good news. As in Jesus Christ is good news for us. And so we're always believing that God is speaking one word and two words at the same time to us. Two forces working on us each and every time we open scripture, each and every time we gather for worship. And so we train our whole lives long to listen. What is the law in this? What is the good news in this? Because they got to both be there. It's not just one or the other. And so this psalm, it starts with this cosmic vision, gets very specific. We are called to make music to God in response to what God has done for us. And if praise is a response to what God has done for us, then we will use whatever instrument God has given us. I want to say that again. If praise is the response, we will use whatever instrument that God has given us to praise God. This is not a quiet experience, right? Praise God with the blast of the trumpet, with the strumming of soft strings, with the castanets and the dance, with the banjo and the flute, cymbals and the big bass drum. I don't see accordion. What's up with that? Come on, God. <laughs> this is not a quiet experience. But as Deacon Chris and I were rapping on this this past week, this was the question that kept landing at us. With what in your everyday life can you Praise God. With what in your everyday life 
If as the psalm says, the very last word, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, what can we respond with? Can you lift others up? Can you add some goodness to your culture at work? Do you have a gift of working with your hands in service to others? Do you have a skill with numbers? Do you have the gift of time to be able to listen and comfort someone? Can you dance? Can you cheer? Can you listen? Can you learn? What is the gift that you bring? Because there's nothing neutral in Jesus' call to come and follow me. And the soundtrack of these psalms invites us to think that everything inside of us can be used to then praise God. We believe in a God who saw the pain and the brokenness and the, in all of creation. And as Romans said, God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God looked and the most powerful force that could be brought to bear on the world, notice it was not judgment, it wasn't accountability, it wasn't keeping records of wrongs, it was love. Love and mercy and grace, that's the crescendo. So if praise is everything we can do in response to God, what does this next week look like for you? What does it look like for the sake of your neighbor who needs it? It doesn't matter your age or your stage in life. And sometimes it, I needed my confirmation kids to remind me of that. This past year, all the, we had six small groups for confirmation. And they each chose a local social service agency to adopt and to learn about why do they exist. So we had one group of girls that adopted Safe Harbor. And what does Safe Harbor work for here in our community? Why do they exist? Domestic violence, right? So here's a group of ninth grade girls all learning and going to Safe Harbor and asking the question, why does this place need to exist? And that shaped their lives. And then we gave them a little action team card. Thank you, Thrivent. It was 250 bucks for their small group. And then they came up with a project. They designed baskets with all the supplies that a woman would need after she leaves the shelter to go into her first apartment. Wow. That's what your kids did at this church. That's what your kids did at this church. And guess what? That was just one group of five, of six. The most compelling way of serving your neighbor is to use your unique gifts. So use whatever instrument. Now I'm not talking about music anymore. Use whatever instrument that God has given you and join the song. Our world is waiting. Let's pray. Loving God, you've given us all so much. Sometimes we don't feel like it and we underestimate ourselves but you are a creative God. And you've gifted us each with the ability to serve and love our neighbors. All of this is in response to what you've already done for us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for second chances. And thank you for the opportunity this coming week to use everything you've given us to share it with the world. In Jesus' name.